Hi, my name is Tyler Brown, and welcome to Cult of Comics, the only comic podcast you need. Yeah. You gone? Joins me, join, joining me as always are my co-hosts, friends, enemies. Okay, uh, you're still have, doing it in a British accent. We have Josh Craven and Sean Walsh. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Great, great job. That was a great intro. That was a Thank great you. copy of me. Fantastic. I'm proud of you. Um, I, I'm I, can't, I, can't, I can't do the accent. Yeah. You can't do an American <laughs> accent? Not, not a good one. Let me try. Let me hear it. Go for it. No, Go. definitely yes. not. We've been down this road before. Oh, right. Uh, it sounds like you're like trying to impersonate like a Mickey Mouse character or something. I can do a better Mickey Mouse than I can a normal American person. Try to do it. Just try to do it like me. me. Go. I can't. You can do it. A- ask me one time when I come back from a pub and we do an episode. Don't ask me when <laughs> yeah. I'm sober. Yeah, when he's drunk, he'll do anything. Even get his yeah. nose pierced. Oh, oh. Yeah. Is your nose still pierced? I took it out months ago. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been forever. Like, why did you even... You had... I had high hopes and then you just shit all over him. It got really infected. <laughs> it was like ab- some fucking ointment on it i did it was like absolutely fine healing perfectly for like a, a month and then like i rip it out of the shower and putting it back in like messed up the wound a little and then it just kept getting infected and it would like heal you're up you're not and supposed then get to take again. it out the thing yeah, is you're I know. supposed to keep it in i it, the idea rid- is to let it heal i was washing my face in the shower with a face cloth and like a little like loop of the fabric got caught and just yanked it out of my face and it was bleeding. There's... Proud of you. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. Um, if it gets infected, something that you can do in the future uh, is get tea tree oil uh, or um, hydro... What is it called? Hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. yeah, that's what I use for mine. Um, the thing is, like, when you get an infection on your nose, it's a really easy spot to develop an infection, especially because your face and you're touching it all the time. Um, but this isn't a piercing podcast. If you've ever been on the Cult of Comics before, we are a comic book media podcast. We We're just finished recording. up our. Yes, we are. We... This is the show. <laughs> Fuck it. I I'm, I'm committing. That was the intro. He did the intro. The intro. I have been no done. timer going. Oh, uh, you bastard. All right, well, I'll just start it now. Uh, we'll, we'll start over, fine. Okay, let me know when. Anytime. All right, three, two. Welcome to the Hi, my name podcast. is Tyler Brown, and welcome to- <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, no, you know what? Go ahead. Let's do this together. Let's, let's, let's hold hands while we got this going on here. Okay, welcome to the Cult of Comics. What are we? The, the only comic podcast for your comic book needs. Absolutely. And why is that? Because we're amazing. Yes, we are. Why are we amazing? Because one of us is English. And you'll never guess which one. <laughs> not once, not never. It's me. <laughs> Ohio is for lovers. Mr. Cornhusker one. Mr. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Josh Craven, how's it going, buddy? Well, I'm here too. You know what? That's the important thing. <laughs> and of course, Sean Walsh. How you doing, bud? Hello. 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 Why did you take out your Hi. piercing? Because it got really fucking infected. You know what? I'm tired of your bullshit excuses. Your, your poor if penis. You can send me, 
if you can send me videos of you taking 10 shots in a single 10 second period, you can fucking manage <laughs> taking a fucking piercing. Like you take care of it, you son of a bitch. You don't take care of your liver, but you can't take care, I, care of a piercing. I had the piercing done, which, yeah. I was very drunk when I had it done. That was a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never been on the Cult of Comics before, uh, here's a quick rundown. Sean, Josh, what do we do on the show? Born. <laughs> Incidentally, getting coffee to come out your nose sucks. That hurt. <laughs> That'll clean the wound. That'll ugh. I'll clean your. Uh, we anyway. typically share personal anecdotes and somehow tangentially tie it to comics we've read this week. It, it's a I do my best. We somehow do. We we try to do a couple things here and there. Um, we just finished doing our news episode uh, for the week. It is Sunday, April twenty fifth. Uh, our news episode covered quite a bit. It was uh, surprisingly uh, condensed for uh, all the stuff that we had Hi. to talk about. Yeah, it was toy, it's like a tiger, uh, and it was. There's a lot to cover, but you know, I'm I'm happy to see that we're at least on something of a schedule here. Um, there actually wasn't that much to read this week. This is our comic book uh, club part of the podcast that we do. We like to separate it out a little bit here and there so that way we can have um, some options for people. I don't really like sitting down for a three hour long podcast personally, unless I'm on like a really long car ride. And even then I forget to finish the fucking thing. So um, this week we had quite a bit. Um, who wants to uh, lead up what we uh, read this week? No, don't all go at once, please. You guys are just looking right. at each other. So I think we're going to start lead. off with uh, the old guard, Tales Through Time. Absolutely. And who wrote this? Oh, I don't know. Uh, so it's a double <laughs> issue. Yeah. It's, a, it's an anthologies series based around the series, The Old Guard. So Greg Rucka is starting us off. So he's written the first story with art by Leandro Fernandez, who is the artist for The Old Guard. And then he sure. passes it off to other people to uh, explore different stories through the rest of the series. Absolutely. Uh, so our, sec our second story is going to be written by Andrew Wheeler, art by Jacopo Camagni. Campan it's it's uh, Chupapi Munyano. Okay. <laughs> because if that's you guys don't know what, what that is. Says. Pupo Shijo. <laughs> Santa Claus? Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. great start. Really good. I never got around to reading the second or, uh, uh, Old Guard series. Oh, okay. I thought you yeah. were like, I didn't read the second story in this issue. I'm like, what did we have all that dead no, airtime no, no. for I... earlier? <laughs> no, I, I read the first series and lead up to the movie and just never got around to the what's the second Force series multiplied. called? Force multiplied, yeah. Force multiplied. They basically worked the movie to cover both. Yeah, uh, they kind of tied stuff in and did it weird. But yes, yeah, so it was yeah, nice to start. Is... Well, what do you know? You didn't read the second series. <laughs> that's uh, that's valid. I read oh, stuff yeah, online. The second series oh, was basically covered in uh, the movie. Get that motherfucker. Get him. So it was nice to open this issue and be gripped by a nice little editor's box saying, this takes place between... Uh, the old guard and, One and two. force multiplied yeah yeah mm -hmm. well that's only for the first story the second story is one that was obviously in the past in 1938 yeah. 35 two. something like that 1932 okay years um germany and 
I was really happy to see. Okay, so Joe and Nikki are actually one of my favorite power couples uh, in comics. And I'm really happy to see them continuing to have that really strong relationship. When I read them the first time in the first series, I remember actually getting really emotional about uh, the declaration of love between the two of them yeah. in the scene where they're in the back of the SWAT car. And then they do it in the movie and I'm like, that fucking sucked compared to the comics. I felt impacted by the comics. Yeah, I, 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 I thought they did pretty well this. in the movie. In the movie, it's just the declaration. It's, he makes me feel these things. Kiss. Next yeah. scene, everyone's yeah. dead. In the comics, there's, there's a like more... a light shining behind them when they kiss. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are only couple in the series and they've been together for what, 500 years? Something like a thousand oh, years. Young love. Since the Crusades, the first Crusades. Yeah, so it's the Crusades, so it's longer than that. It's definitely thousand. not like it's definitely not two thousand years like uh Andromash uh Andromache. 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 Andy. I always like Andromesh, but they call her Andromache in the series. In the movie. Okay. Um it's Greek. I'm Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Um, I'm excited to see the series grow because this is one of those. Yeah. This is the yeah. time in comics where you have Black Hammer Visions. You've got this for the old guard. More comics are getting more attention that aren't the big two. And because of that, people are going to continue doing series like this. Maybe this means that more stuff is going to start having a Spider-Man run where it some the original creator is doing their story, then someone else takes over. Yeah. Who knows? It'll be interesting Rucka to see. Rucka has become a powerhouse. Uh, I mean, he's been in the industry for 20 years. to 30 years, but over the past five to 10 years, he's become a powerhouse. He's had major hits, independent Absolutely. hits. Everything that he's written, I've tried to pick up as of the last like five or six years. And I've loved everything that he's put out. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really complain about anything. And it's weird because I remember being introduced to him and not really getting some of that noir. I had this thing in my head about like internal dialogue that I just didn't like. So I was like, I don't like that. Once you get past that like shitty idea of like how things should be in a comic, you just appreciate it for what it is. And then you realize the genius behind his storytelling techniques. And this is no exception. I'm excited to see Kelly Sue DeConnick write these characters. I'm excited to see Bendis write these characters. Yeah. Yeah. No, not you, Sean. I know that you hate Bendis. You're a Bendis hater. Yeah. <laughs> if we'll you go back and rewatch the goes. video, you'll just see my face screw up when you mention Bendis. It's because you just don't like the Bendis speak, which, by the way, Justice League 60 was not that bad this week. I don't care what you say. Me and you are going to do a recreation of a scene for Josh and get him to judge it. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. All right. I'm just excited to, you know, see, you know, get more information on the backstories of these different characters. They all get to stand on their own. We get to, you know, mm -hmm. we got an issue focusing on Andromache, Andrew Mesh. We get the second issue focusing on Joey and Nikki. Uh, we'll get more issues focusing on all the other characters as well. The other thing is that I think that this allows, when you're looking at a universe like this, I think that it's hard to look at something that is exterior from it and like just look at it without it seeing like seeing it as a part of the whole package i think that this paired with the actual universe itself complements it and i think it adds quite a bit so i think that that's where a lot of that benefit comes from um or that is to say that i think that it benefits it immensely i think it doesn't detract from the original storyline i think it is really 
enhancing the experience of this entire world in the first place, which already was really cool. So I'm pumped about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you wanted to add? Uh, Sean, you had your whole thing about the ship of Theseus. Yeah, it reminds the Mother's Act story by Greg Rucker reminds me of the ship of Theseus scene from WandaVision. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. going to bring that up, actually. And it's like the, yeah, where you replace one part of it and then you replace the other part of it. And like, at what point does it stop being the original object? There's not it's... too many pieces to an axe, though, as there no. are on a ship. It's like, well, I've seen the, like, I've seen that like analogy used for like a broom before or something. It's like, or a mop. A maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. Where you replace like the broom head bit and then you replace the handle and you keep doing that back and forth. Does it still be original broom? Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, this, this theory, this, this hypothesis, this ph philosophical question has been put forth in a couple of different mediums. The first time I was introduced to it was in Doctor Who. Um, when was it in Doctor Who? It was in an episode where uh, he introduces the theory, but he uses a clock. Uh, it's with a android-like character who basically has recreated himself multiple times over, and he presents that argument to him, and then okay. he realizes he's like, "Oh God!" Um, oh, I remember like, like the clockwork people. Um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was so, such a good episode. When you detract it from the axe and you apply it to Andy, what does that look like then? Because I feel like if the metaphor is a being applied to a person, you can make uh, the argument about her being like put together so many times because of how many yeah. times she's been killed not, or what have you. Not just the person, but the team. Because you can see sure. the team changing as we move forward through time. Mm -hmm. you can it's see kind of the team changing about... you can see the team changing there's a great page uh the second and third to last page there's a great series of pictures right there where you can see the team changing a couple people change out you might add people but you can see them still kind of being the same people sure i, I would actually i would go far so far as to say that it's not just about how andy has been uh, destroyed so many different ways and then put back together. It's also that her memories are torn apart and then she has to create new ones. And who are we as people, if not our memories? And yeah, and it's like at the end where she's like, it's still my mother's axe, though. That could be read as her saying like, I'm still my mother's daughter. Mm. Even after all this. Yeah. And it's also the question of like, is it even her mother? Like that's something she doesn't even recognize anymore. Yeah, she she's not sure. You know, you have a memory, and you write. You know, each time you remember it, you're basically overwriting that memory over and over again. Mm -hmm. And after five thousand plus years, you know, it can get a little worn out. Yeah, I just learned this recently. Um, I saw a TikTok uh, from somebody who's pretty well known on YouTube, uh, who does like science uh breakdowns i can't remember what they're called but he's really huge his name is hank green um yeah he did a uh small like conversation talking about how skin cells like we as human beings are constantly having 
parts of the dead parts of ourselves fall off and then we create new ones. So like every seven yeah. years we're a new person, but skin is even worse than that. It's like every year basically that our skin is completely new skin. In some cases, some parts of our body, it's like every couple of days um, because that's just how our bodies, our cells divide and recreate and multiply. So that kind of question can be applied even to the now because we're not immortals, but it's kind of that question of when we change, how much of us is the same person as before? Just because we have the same physical characteristics doesn't necessarily mean that we are the exact same person that we used to be, which is an interesting question to ask. In rant. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you want to say anything about the Nikki and oh, Joey? <laughs> He's like, fuck that science shit. I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think um, it's interesting Nikki exploring like Germany during like the rise of Nazism, like before mm -hmm. World War II's fully started and hatred is everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's still, you see like these extremist supporters. Yeah. Yeah, why are you guys so smug? You just lost the war not, you know, 14 years ago. Yeah. Here's my question. Why was what was he trying to do to the girl? I just don't understand that. Rape. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, but like his, his pants she... are literally open and the picture is on top of her. Yeah. It's just I guess it was just a weird choice cuz like I guess I just don't think that you need to characterize this person any more bad than they already are. They're a Nazi. Like, I already know they're a bad person. Like, I don't need for you to tell me that he's a rapist in order for me to hate yeah. him more. Like, I already hate him. Well, you need some sort of event for them to, you know, be heroes and get hurt. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I don't know. I guess I just feel I like... Think, yeah, I they could have started the battle in the uh, bar but then there'd be too many people. So you have to have a reason to get them outside. Yeah, I get that. I, 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 I really I like think... the arts. <laughs> Sorry to change subjects, go on. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that uh, I think that's something that could have been done about it is you could have had them interact with each other again at some point and then create a tension and then create a scenario. You don't need to have something that immediately followed that necessarily yeah it kind of felt like introduction and then forced immediate interaction and i get that this is like a series of, of tales through time so in that regard i guess it's okay i just and it wasn't, well, it's, it's like a 10 page story 12. so you can't really build 12 page story so you can't really yeah. build yeah up too much you kind of need that big event that kind of set something off uh, i mean i would argue that i think that you can do quite a bit in a single page I feel like the problem is pacing a little mm. bit and then also choosing how you want your story to be told. I don't like the deus ex machina feeling. I get that these people have had an impact over time and that was the point of the story when they have that conversation yeah. in the bar. But well not just that you know the lady comes to help them but it was, you know, they had helped them uh in the past yeah i get that it's just like i don't know I, I i guess it just left me wanting a little bit more it felt simple it felt like it was a very easy story to do i guess um which hey, if this is this go ahead it's not rucka 
Do we I know anything that the this uh, Andrew Wheeler's written before? No, I have no idea. Uh, was this in, uh, what Andrew Wheeler did? Some other things for Image. Was he doing? Um... I don't know anything about Andrew Wheeler at all. All I, I mean, I type in Andrew Wheeler, and the first thing that pops up is a former administrator for the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. So yeah, all right, I you. got his page right here. Uh, now the only thing he has He's for image is the old guard, DC. He's done Justice free, League Q, freelance under another castle, which neither of them are by image. Mm. Yeah, he was behind the DC round robin pick pitch for JLQ. Oof. <laughs> He's writing um, DC Pride. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm seeing like as a big announcement, but that's okay. Anyways, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought the art was really good. Um, I thought that there was a couple sequences that felt a little rushed as far as art. Like specifically when they kind of go at each other in a fight, the oh. legs look a little wonky. That's not oh. it though. Uh, he did another castle grimoire. My wife got that book. Don't even know. Uh, so 2015, 2016. Okay. Cool. Um, shall we move on to Radiant Black 3? Let's. Yes. This is so good. Yeah, uh, written by Kyle Higgins and uh, art by Marcelo Costa. Marcelo. This is Just so good. I, I yeah. really enjoyed this. This is my favorite uh, issue of this book so far. This is the only one that I felt like has... No, you don't think so? What's What, what do you think? I, it's, a, it's a good issue. It's just, it's slower. We've kind of slowed down and focused on the guy instead of the superhero. You Maybe know, he's like figuring himself out this issue. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is this is this is the reason why I keep reading stuff like this is because I want to feel the humanity of the character compared to that. I can understand the comparison that people want to do with Invincible, but I actually feel like this is on a different pacing than Invincible. Invincible felt like it was just like wham, every oh, much issue. faster. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like last issue, we had him going back to working as an Uber driver where he was hearing all these different stories, trying to. He was using that as kind of like investigation, trying to find out what people knew. And then this mm -hmm. issue focuses on him being a writer. And I found the first few pages like quite relatable. Yeah. yeah. It, it's very much about character development over the, uh, you know, Power Rangers. Yeah. Because like, I've tried doing some creative writing before and like it's so difficult and like all his little like where he's like thinking about it and he's like but that doesn't work like how do we get here and like all that stuff it feels so relatable for like what I think when I'm trying to write oh absolutely yeah no me too yeah. when I'm trying to fucking figure out anything of that sort this is why I think that Kyle Higgins has a strength here is because he's essentially writing a character that's not unlike himself uh, <laughs> it's like Stephen King where all his main characters yeah. are writers yeah. exactly <laughs> writers with drug problems <laughs> yeah in a lot of ways absolutely yeah. um this is actually making me want to pick up the series rather than before where I've, i i kind of felt like okay i'm gonna pick it up because i want to see what it's about 
And then I pick up the second one and I'm like, yeah, I still want to see what it's about. This is, this is what's making me have incentive to continue this now. I don't know if that's uh, what you guys have felt before, but like taking I've, the time to have, go ahead. Yeah. I've loved every issue so far. Like as soon as I read issue one, I was like, okay, this is great. I'm going to read this. Yeah. Um, so like it, each issue has maintained quality for me. I'm not really seeing this as like the highest high for it. Cause I think it's been fairly consistent. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the highest high, but I definitely feel like it allows for certain emotions to be tied to the characters a little bit more when there's that bit of humanity. Um, yeah. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I predict that uh, his best friend is going to be a bad guy. Maybe. It's feel, it feels too predictable, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you got to have something else for him to figure out once he's figured himself out. Uh, it seems like he's kind of getting, you know, he's getting himself figured out. And once he's figured himself out, then we can focus on, you know, building the team up. Yeah. Okay. Because it seems like, right. I, I don't know, there was that dream that he had where it looked like yeah. he was facing off against, like, his Nega version or something. Yeah. I don't know if that was supposed to be him, but right now he's like his own worst enemy other than the radiant red. It's weird to me that he has like a cape in that dream too. Yeah. With like a full on collar. Yeah. I feel like this is leading me towards something that I want to keep reading. I guess I'm just wondering about like how how it's going to go. And that's one of the reasons why I'm curious about it. I don't know. I also feel like the art is actually really good interior wise. I really don't like this cover. The covers have been yeah. really weird. Yeah. Yeah, this one's not as great as the other ones. I liked the... Issue uh, 2 was really good, but it didn't. It felt like a variant cover. What, wait, wasn't yeah. the variant cover him just flying in the clouds? No, that was issue That was one issue one. one. Yeah. Oh, okay, I like that Issue 2's main cover was just like right. half his face. Oh, right, yeah. And yeah. It, it looked like it would be a variant cover because I expect normal to, cover, to be something more like this issue. Yeah. Which is strange. Um, but yeah, we also got a Spider-Man-esque scene in this. <laughs> yeah. Which was him being like a ground level hero where like he was just helping some people out of flat tire. And he That's didn't the thing to, about... I, I just love how he was like, yeah, I don't actually know how to do this. And he just like makes it even <laughs> yeah. worse. And he's like, I'll just fly you to where you need to go. <laughs> the thing about Spider-Man that everybody wants to mimic is the down-to-earth like naivete that comes along with like, I have this stuff, but I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. And I think in a lot of ways, we're constantly asking ourselves, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing with myself in certain scenarios. Maybe it's not everything, but there's a lot of relatability to that towards whatever you want to apply it towards. Um, this is one of those moments that is obviously inspired by that. And sometimes it works. I think that it worked out this time. I think that it was a bit of a risk to do something like that when everybody wants to do the Spider-Man down-to-earth friendly neighborhood thing. I don't know how much I'm going to like that in the future of the book. I don't know. Yeah. It'll work your way up. He's yeah, just going to work wanna... from smaller to bigger things. I mean, the next issue, yeah, I, 
covers probably mean nothing, but it shows he's got some sort of giant robo for issue mm-hmm. four. I don't know. The I just showed I uh, I linked in the comments uh, the uh, page for issue three, and the mm-hmm. uh, variant covers are so much better than this. And if you look for like issue four, variant covers are so good as well. Uh, the first one you have is kind of a play on uh, just the novel. him saving his drafts. Yeah. His file format. And then this uh, alternate of him in space is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. I don't know. Uh, maybe the uh, artist Marcelo is not that fond of doing covers. Who knows? But I mean, I'm still enjoying yeah. the story. That's the important thing. The really art inside gotta, is really good. Really need to avoid looking like Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, so yeah. I mean, look at the uh, variant cover for issue four. Just for yeah, it, um, on the link you sent, it's got a news article and it says every issue so far of Radiant Black has sold out and nice. all rushed back to second printings. Nice. Yeah. So maybe we'll get some cool covers for that. Did you guys okay. read the letter columns on this, the back matter? No, I never do. Never. Are you in there? <laughs> no. I'll tell you if I am. But, uh, no, they You're always uh, in them, man. Yeah. It's been a while since I've written in. I just, I got to have something to write about. Just not like, sure. hey, guys, I like your comics. They're so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. Uh, but they reveal some information that uh, they're trying to come up with a name for uh, the fans. Uh, they got a fun name for the uh, letter column. They call it Blackmail. No, oh, that's nice. Uh, but they're like, we can't just call the fans radiance because we call the uh, cosmic art, the, they call it a cosmic artifact instead of a black hole that gave him his power. They call that a radiant. And then they refer to each of the superheroes as radiant black and radiant red. And together they call the team the radiance. Mm-hmm. Call them blackheads. <laughs> hey, zits. <laughs> uh yeah no i recommend everybody pick up this book at some point it's it's very enjoyable um yeah before we move on is there anything else you guys want to add no okay cool uh next up we've got haha number four uh written by w maxwell prince and patrick uh horvath uh, oh. on arts oh. oh god that actually startled me like it felt <laughs> like a i got molested in my ear holes you, you, your laugh sounds more like somebody dressed up as Mickey trying to laugh through the suit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know how to feel about that, man. Like a, <laughs> now I'm, you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing the Mickey Mouse gimp mask. So thank you for that. Okay. All right, what do we think? Whenever I think of Mickey Mouse nowadays, I just think of one from South Park who's just an absolute bastard who beat up the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um. What did you guys think about this issue? This was this top half guard. I like it. it. I like it. I it like feels it like it's trying too hard to be weird, and it feels Kinda, like it lacks. Yeah. It lacks the in like the intricateness of Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man feels Ice Cream Man feels very carefully done, and every issue feels like it has a reason. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whereas this just feels like. Oh, I've got an idea for like a clown story. Let's just go with it. And it feels yeah, much yeah. less. I don't know. I keep seeing this clown 
And I kind of picture Bill from King of the Hill. Okay. You know that? Yeah, the artwork definitely. guy. Yeah. Just him in clown makeup. But it's not... I don't know. I feel like this is almost... Like, you can almost connect this to one of the other issues. Like, maybe connect it to issue one. I don't know. Uh, I just like the color palette they've chosen. The artwork is is gorgeous. Because you can see, you know, the clown's colors are the same for the... uh, the happy birthday sign in the background and the yeah. mom's shirt. I feel like there was something to be said about the fact that it... I guess I just had a hard time like understanding the message here. Like, obviously, this clown has an uh, alcohol addiction. Obviously, something happened that caused him to load away and experience this inner turmoil against himself. But I guess yeah. I just don't understand what that was meant to be. Well, it seems like ish- each issue is focused on mental health, some sort of mental health problem. Yeah, I get that. Um, it wasn't in the forefront of my mind when I read this, though. I think that the parallel between the family that goes to visit gr- curmudgeonly old grandpa who just lost his wife and the clown I, floating around yeah. in mental space and fighting his inner demons of alcoholism. Yeah. I don't think he don't lost really his wife like color. that recently, but it seems like it's about accepting the now, living now. Sure. Instead of trying to numb yourself to the world. Like I'm there are bits mixed. of this issue I really, really liked, like the whole bit with the sure. balloon and like at the end, like the relation to up. Yeah. 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 Like, I really like that scene. I liked a lot of, like, the present-day stuff with the family. But it's just the yeah. weird, trippy clown stuff that I didn't really like. Yeah. Well, he says, I... I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to be better. And I think the grandpa basically commits to do the same thing. Sure. Yeah. I think I, I, I enjoyed it, actually. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I definitely had some questions for it. I can see your criticism, though. I... I wouldn't say that it feels like he's trying to be weird. It feels like maybe there was a message here for me that maybe I missed or maybe it just was unclear. I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm looking at these two separately, is that going to take away from the story experience? And I don't know if that answers that question. I feel like you could have taken the the clown aspect of it away and the reflections of the two don't necessarily interact with each other. Like it doesn't affect the story necessarily. Yeah. No. So in that regard, I don't know if that's success. I don't know. But I think the clown and the grandpa are at least coming to the same conclusion. So they're kind of doubling down on that. Sure. But is that enough that they needed to have that interaction with each other or rather not need, but that their interaction with the parallels between the two stories make sense in an organic way rather than they both came to the same conclusion. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They can definitely the art be was fun. kind of separated. Like there's comments on the balloon by the people in the real world, but mm-hmm. the clown is definitely separated from the rest of the story. It's Did you notice very, how uh, he was traveling? Th- 
yeah, he was traveling through the uh, graveyard and it was floating too. And it was like, what is the metaphor for the floating? What's going on with that? I don't know. He was just thinking about his parents and now we're seeing uh, what could have been the coffins of his dead parents. If I'm looking at the fact that he makes balloon animals and the dog floats and the cat floats, is it that he's making uh, balloon animal dogs and cats and then he was drunkenly making balloon animals of the dead and I, I just don't know. It's just a lot to, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like I agree with what you had said about Ice Cream Man. I feel like that's definitely stronger than this right now. There's parts of Haha that I've really enjoyed, but so far, issue, I don't know if... Issue one was very good. Issue two... Uh, I guess. Issue one was just Joker reimagined. Issue yeah, two, I really liked. I feel like it did sink. I don't know. It addressed some real world topics and it was kind of it felt like it had a reason to exist. Issue three was just like a wacky fun story that kind of addressed capitalism a little. Yeah. And then this issue, I'm just kind of like, I come out of it and I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. There's only two more issues, so Yeah. I feel I mean, like I get if that. this was if this was an ongoing, I feel like I would have dropped it. Yeah. Probably. And that's frustrating because this is a clearly really good writer and i've yeah. been really impressed with the art's good before. too the art's fantastic i, I yeah. i've enjoyed it it's just like i don't know if the purpose isn't clear i think that you have to reevaluate how you're telling your story at that point yeah okay that's valid also just the little can't have a clown story without a reference to pennywise the opening caption boxes a wise clown once said that everything floats yeah, yeah. well i mean his monster version of him was kind of like pennywise as yeah, well definitely yeah <sighs> fuck you <laughs> um should we move on to ultra mega yeah if you read cool. this i did fuck you just checking uh, Ultra Mega 1 and 2 uh, by James Heron. Yeah. This is not what I expected at all. Hang on. Hello? I hope he gets murdered on the stream. Mark this down. Sorry. There's somebody moving some yeah. shit outside my apartment and it sounds like they're fucking moving a fridge or something. Okay. Sorry. Start over. What were you saying, Sean? Um, Ultra Mega is really not what I expected. Like, issue one basically just serves as a prelude. Yeah. Or prologue to the main yeah. story that really starts in issue two. It's, uh... Well, what did you think it was going to be? Much more what issue one started as. And I was just expecting that to be the whole sort of story. Mm -hmm. But no, issue one ends with literally everyone dying. And then issue two is like, oh, like 20 years, 10 years later, the world's now moved on yeah. from those events. 
and then this is going to be like the main chunk of the story. I didn't know what to think or expect going into this series when I picked up that issue number yeah, one. All I, I knew go, thinking, like, all I knew going in was that page I'd seen on uh, Reddit. And it was like, why are yeah. those people just lying on the ground? There's no blood. They're not dead. And it's like, oh, no, that's the concussion from a blast that's knocked them out. This is what happens yeah. when gods fight. I saw yeah. that page and I was like, holy fuck, this sounds lit. Yeah, that's a that's a cool fucking thing to like throw in there for the script. It like, just like adds to it. Yeah, but um, just that that line—that's what happens when God spite. It's just yeah, that's great. So when I came out of issue number one, I remember thinking to myself, "Yeah, I can very clearly see where the love for Sentai and Kaiju and all of those out there Japanese uh, pop culture." Yeah storytelling experiences are but the way that this was done i would compare it to neon Ven- neon genesis evangelion Evang- evangelion evangelion um, yeah evangelion um and power rangers and godzilla yeah. and it's drawing from a lot yeah but it does it in a way that is fun the art is next level awesome i would compare it to there are there's like the odd panel where i can't like it transitions a little weird Mm. but on the whole it's really really good i would say that if i had to do a comparison i would compare it to jane and warren johnson i was just thinking Uh, that so that's where i'm i don't know what to think about this last issue issue two was interesting there's a lot of cool things that i can love about it i really love the red boss uh that's working for the little leech monster thing but i don't really get when you have a setup from issue number one going on i don't really know what to think about when you do what you do for issue number two there's a lot of unexpected moments i didn't expect the robot to explode i didn't expect the coliseum ending i didn't expect uh the guy with the hammer to be a sellout there was a lot to unpack with that but I feel like issue one could have been told in like a few pages as like an opening and then you'd have like the big credits page with the title on and then it'd be like 10 years later. See, I feel the opposite. I feel like this could, issue number one could have been uh, expanded out for three issues and then It it could have done, but I mean like if issue two onwards is going to be the main story and issue one was just the opening. Like, they very easily could have just condensed issue one down into a few pages and then... But, yeah, like, issue one was just a lot of fun to read. So I'm glad they did it this way because... yeah, It's just not what you expect at all. Um, James Heron said at the end of issue number one, he wrote a letter and he was explaining that he didn't know, like, how to pace this out as far as, like, how many issues per... So he just did a giant size one. Uh, and that's how this ended up being the 799 uh, issues that they are. Um, and they're oversized and square bound. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. There's no, no advertisements at all. It's just straight book. Um, um, issue one and two both sold out on a distributor level, I believe. Nice. Because uh, my, my shop can get me an issue two. And they tried to order one and they couldn't. So I've had I to would, go I on. Just... Yeah, I went on eBay and managed to nab one. Uh, have you ever read Tech on Concrete? It's a really well-received book that got turned into a film. Um, it's a manga, a very large manga. 
and it kind of reminds me of that in some ways issue two in specific um the story about a young boy who's um in the middle of a very strange world dragon ball um i don't know it's really hard to navigate there's obviously a lot of inspiration of like manga and anime in this and which i'm happy that you say peck on kinkrete um it's a very it's actually really good i recommend it it's it's beautifully done um i don't know i i'm obviously going to pick up the next issue i guess i just don't know what to think about this one it's it caught me off guard. I liked that. Yeah. I just, I don't know if I liked it as much as the first one. I, I don't know yet. I I liked them both for different reasons. Okay, tell me why. Well, just because issue one was very much like your typical like kaiju movie, like badass action. Mm-hmm. Whereas issue two was telling a very different, like sort of slightly post-apocalyptic story. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to compare the two and say which one I prefer because they are both drastically different tones. Yeah. Well, at this and, point, and anyway. it's also... I mean, the first one had the main character, his quotes, I'm using this loosely, son, become like the devil kaiju thing and be the reason yeah. why the world ended, you know? And then that's not addressed at all. None of what happened oh my uh, God. in the first the issue. Scene, the scene in issue one with the blood just pouring out. Oh my God. And then the coagulation where everyone drowned in it. What the fuck? The brutality of this yeah. book is insane. That's why I thought this kid actually was killed by the scarab dude, the red devil. Yeah. Kaiju. I yeah. was like, oh, I fuck, saw that and I was just like, killed that kid. Yeah. I was like, fair enough, subverting expectations. Fair play. Like, yeah, um, I, I didn't know what to think at all. Yeah. This does feel like your typical post apocalyptic story where there are different factions. Sure. There is weird kind of new leaders that are filled with void. Whereas issue one was present day World. New York. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to check it out. Is it only a five or six issue something? It's a really limited series. I think it's like three or four. It's definitely more than three. It's probably only four. I think that that's what I remember them saying. And it's also their oversized books, so it makes sense. Yeah. I still don't understand what to think about the guy who's just a walking eyeball with crystals growing out of him. That um, was weird. Four is the final one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like this um, issue did a lot of world building as well, like explaining where they came from. But that's um, kind of like what I mean is like, there's so much backstory with a lot of these characters. Like, there's an acknowledgement about the other uh, Ultra Megas in the first issue, and then what happened with them. There's an acknowledgement about the main character's original wife and now dead child who becomes the Ultra Mega Demon Kaiju. And that's just gone. That's that we've yeah. moved the fuck on. The fight is over. Like that, all of it kind of reminds me of the guy who wrote Beautiful and uh, starred Michael Keaton. Uh, Birdman? Oh, yeah, Birdman. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that, where there's just, there's a story, an actual story with some interesting back issues with complexity of characters and then you just move the fuck on there isn't necessarily a resolution or a catharsis of these endings it's just an acknowledgement that these things happen the character interactions occur the plot develops for those characters and then you move on to the next one that's it that's and they're not using twice the space exactly exactly and that's so weird to me because if you're going to do that in a comic book 
I don't know what to think. Who do I get invested in? That's kind of what's occurring with my relationship with this kid in issue two. Who the fuck is he? Is he is he the son of the original? Yeah. Is that what that's the thing I'm confused about? Is they said that. They pretty much acknowledged that in the first issue. Now this one, I'm like, well, okay, that seems like it's still confirmed, but do I need to question that? Well, they mentioned he There's... was they mentioned he was found in the blood as a baby. Yeah, with with his mom holding up yeah. the baby. I get that. It's just like there's a lot to unpack, I guess. He's going to become the new kaiju, of the new Ultra Mega, and fight his half-brother. I don't even know. Hmm. I mean, I guess that would be the poetic justice like element of it, but it just isn't like what you expect, so I don't know if I should have any expectations of this. We yeah. went a lot more over time on this than I intended to. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, alien issues. number two. That was 120 yeah. pages we were talking about. It was a lot. Um, alien number two by uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson and art by Salvador La Roca. The art's still very... Fucking sucks. Yeah. Eh. At least he draws it. the uh, old version of him and the young version of him differently. So there's that. I just... I don't really understand how this guy is in business really because he very clearly I, I just don't understand like how can you like work in this industry and then base your entire career about occasionally tracing and those being the things that you pick up on and then that's it I, I don't know what to think you know I looked this up and I guess he you know there's plenty of I guess there's a lot of people that do it but he's the guy that gets called out the most for it I mean there are but most of the time they get fired for it. There was somebody recently in Magic the Gathering who got caught tracing a card and they let him go because yeah. of it. You know? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. The plot's moving along well. I mean, I'm still enjoying it. I feel like this is not the strongest issue yep. I've ever read Kennedy Johnson write, but I, I mean, I still enjoyed it for what it is. I feel like this was stronger than the last issue because last issue was like, really, you know, we're just going to introduce people and whatever mm. but i feel like a lot more happened this issue yeah i feel the opposite i feel like i enjoyed the first issue more than i enjoyed this this feels like much faster pacing this this felt like it was going at a uh a different yeah. rate yeah i don't know faster, if i like that i like it i like that pace i don't know if i do i think that i like things to be a little bit slower but i think that that's where you and i differ because of radiant black three as well you know yeah. So I like a slower burn stuff. Um, I don't mind how it ended. I thought that was good. I also like the introduction of the new female character, but yeah. Um, you know what it is? There's It's just this one portion of the story where they're actually on the ship and going through it that just felt like, ah, I got to get this done, you know? I loved the interaction between the main character and his former boss or whatever that guy is. Like, yeah, yeah. About. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about was that opening half of the book was really good. The yeah, conversation it's a going opening. back and forth. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, the threats of him, you know, being uh, uh, associated with acts of terrorism because of his son. The That feels like uh, the corporation's like MO, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's been we... mentioned yet, um, but it does mention here they do go to Hadley's Hope. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, because yeah. on the news episode, yeah. we were talking about the aliens' aftermath. Yeah, I'm going to point out this 
drawing right here if I can get the angle right. He just looks like a small child. Old man, small <laughs> child. Yeah, the proportions yeah. are not great. I wish that they would just fucking fire him. Like, if they were just like, oh, special guest star for the first two issues and then move on. Like, uh, I just don't... Shit. If they could get... You know who would fill in? Great for this. John Romita Jr. <laughs> yes, I would literally take John Romita Jr. on this. I wouldn't. No, I'm being... Imagine uh, how ugly the Xenomorph would look. I would imagine that over a fucking tracer. But yeah. Ima- no, imagine how bad JRJ. Do you remember when he drew Grod? I would yeah. rather have him do shitty Grod than have Tracer McGee over here. I really no, would. No, but imagine no. how much worse a Xenomorph would be. I, yeah. I, I understand. I'm telling you what my feelings are. You can keep saying the same thing. You're, you're I wrong. Still feel the same way. You're this, fuck you. This, this, this <laughs> art reminds me of like a subpar Michael Lark doing uh, Lazarus. Yeah, like, I could see that. Yeah, I see that. You can do all of the, uh, you know, ship designs because they do plenty of ship design in Lazarus, but I think you do a better job of doing the people. Like this just seems, now that I'm thinking about it, this is like a very subpar Lazarus art. There's a lot of shiny elements to the inking as well that is pretty typical with Salvador La Roca. I just am not... I tried really hard to like look past it with the Iron Man run with Matt Fraction. And I loved what Matt Fraction did with that run. But because of the amount of fucking tracing that went on that he, this guy does, the amount of like just shitty proportions, like the amount of weird foreheads and eyes. And you're about to show me exactly what I mean. Like what's going on there? Yeah. Sometimes like, I'm sorry. It's the angle, I think. It just makes them look so short. I know there's going to be somebody out there who's going to say something to me like, well, if you're so critical, why don't you draw it? It's like, I don't, I'm not an artist working for Marvel. That's the If he wants to trace, he can find somebody else that does it right. That's what I'm saying. And like, I know that I'm being really harsh right now, but I, I feel really strongly about somebody being, there's amazing, talented artists out there who work really hard to make their proportions correct and copying the same image over and over again and being able to recreate that on panel, whether it's digitally or not, is a skill. I'm not saying that you need to not be a tracer and then I'm not, I'm not even saying that tracing is necessarily inherently bad. I think that you can get away with some degree of tracing and it's fine. You can use references and then go on from there. Yeah. I just think that there's something about Salvador La Roca that has clearly caused him to not get a lot of work over the years, much in the same way that it should be the case. Greg Land, for some reason, does this exact same thing and gets work all the fucking time, and I don't get it. Mm. So, just to get back on the uh, story, at the end of the issue, we got our first look at the Xenomorph, and they have a whole discussion about it depends on the size of the person animal thing that sure. the uh face hugger uh attaches onto and everything yeah yeah that affects the size of the xenomorph xenomorph and this thing is a is a bulky boy the bulky boy yeah um he's got all those spikes coming out of his back i mean that's not abnormal from the the typical alien xenomorph design but um hmm. The thing I'm wondering about is the alpha design that they're talking about. Is this 
something that we maybe seen in the previous aliens films or is this the woman looking one from his dream they're kind of like i think it's the woman well they got they've already had the queen xenomorphs haven't they yeah yeah they have that's why i'm confused yeah yeah you know so Uh, this the thing from his flashbacks must be something new i wish they would almost focus on the flashbacks instead of this really we get like it's kind of doing what he did with Last God, where he's telling like the two simultaneous stories, but we haven't really had much of the flashback yet. Kind of, yeah. but at the same time, this is only this is the first time that we've had a, a longer drawn out actual flashback sequence, and I feel like it pairs well with it. With the yeah. old god, the entire purpose was the storytelling experience of old, new, and looking at the comparisons, yeah. and that was done so well. I, yeah. I would argue that that's not really occurring here. No, yeah. but I just mean in the way that like there's story to be told in the past and we don't know what's up this present story yet. But yeah. it will unfold and like we will find out what happened in the past because like obviously we're revisiting Hadley's Hope in the one shot in July. Ooh, shit. And then... Sorry, I just looked ahead to the July solicitations. I think this covers the alpha. Cool. So it says enter the alpha. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, uh, after my giant rant about Salvador Roca, I think we can move on. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just feel passionately about it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy the writing, blood. though. No, the writing is great. Yeah. I'm. I'm. There's no part of me that's not enjoying the way that this is being told. I was telling uh, Josh this earlier, where I was like, I don't. There's a portion of this that felt a little rushed, but that's about it. That's my only criticism of this. But I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. All right. Carnage, Black, White, and Blood. Numero dos. Uh, this is Donny Cates, Chip Zdarsky, and Ram V with Big art week. by uh, Marco Cecchetto, uh, Fernandez, and Rosenberg. Where's Rosenberg? Not Matt Rosenberg. There's no Rosenberg no, on the The now. Carnage Shark is oh, she did. Kyle Hotz. Yeah, Kyle Hotz. She's the colorist. Yeah, she's Rosenberg. the colorist. Shell. Yeah. yeah, you missed Hotz. Yeah. Oh, I did. My bad. I yeah. think you're reading off the second story. Um. This Donny yeah, Kate story is it, the, really good. The Carnage Shark is <laughs> so beautifully drawn. Yeah, it is. We get that once. It's a two-page spread. It is glorious. It looks fluid. It looks. It looks he like, almost looks like a, Yeah, almost like he's got some catfish. Like he's got the whiskers off to the side. Yeah, he's got all the bit, sharks yeah. swimming around him. Sure. But yeah, the the line where it's like the king in black is dead. Long live the king. Was cool. I loved the uh, narration of this. I thought that that yeah. was really, really well done. Definitely. And I like how uh, this, it brought Carnage back from the King in Black story. It's like, oh no, he's not really dead. He's back. And it ended with him dying again, <laughs> almost immediately. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Even though we know he's obviously going to be back soon. Yeah, of course. Of course. What did you guys think of the Chip Zdarsky story? It was fine. Uh, it was strange. Yeah, uh, uh, the art the art's 
gorgeous. Chichetto does um, a lot of Badadeva work as well. So yeah. he's great. The barn looks oddly like a CGI model. Hmm. I don't see uh, that. I can see that. But I can uh, I like the uh, dad basically giving away the story, you know, basically like almost saying like we had a deal sort of thing before he gets killed. Uh, so you kind of know what's oh, yeah. going on before you see the big reveal. Yeah. I don't know. It, I think it's kind of odd that he's like possessing the kid and standing behind him, but not fully, you know, trying to uh, yeah. bond with him, morph onto him. That is because kind of, uh, at this point, Cletus Cassidy is essentially Carnage, and the Carnage symbiote has like. There's kind of some question about like how much can they exist separate from each other because they were bonded to uh, Cletus's dead corpse for a little bit. Uh, during the uh, absolute carnage event. Um, this strikes me as a story where he's not trying to bond to anybody else. He's already bonded to somebody, but he's just trying to manipulate the child, basically. Yeah. And I don't know, the kid the kid with the claws kind of reminds me of the game Prototype. I was thinking that. Really? I didn't think that at all. But now that, I, now that you mention it, yeah, I guess I can see it. I literally watched a YouTube video about that game yesterday. Never thought it's about it in game. years. Then I watch that video and then Josh mentions it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's the uh, oh, Bader Meinhof. Ah, that, yeah. Um, Though it's not like he just learned about it, but it's, you know, all things occurring at the same time. A yeah. similar vein. Um, Chichetto draws a gorgeous Spider-Man, I think. Yeah, I loved yeah. that. I thought it was uh, interesting to... I didn't expect to have Spider-Man in this. I don't know. Lord. I guess I yeah. I felt like um, the majority of the stories that we've seen so far have been just Carnage being Carnage, basically. So it's interesting to it's different. have him in this. It's I... different from the Wolverine story, Wolverine Black yeah. Black Blood, where he had you know several cameos across that four issues. Yeah. But this is basically the first cameo I mean, we had yeah, the choose is. your own adventure with the animal squad. Yeah. So here's my criticism. I feel like with a anthology series, there should be more purpose. And I feel like when you have something like Superman, for example, the purpose is this is Superman, this being Superman. You could say the same thing about Carnage, about Carnage being Carnage, but at least with Kate's, it feels like there's more intent. The Ram V story kind of felt like I don't really know what I'm reading here necessarily. Yeah. Like I, I get the idea. It reminds but it's me a little of the thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I 100% agree. And I get that this is supposed to be like little itty bitty mini horror stories in a way, but eh, I don't know. They are some of them are supposed to be kind of separated out of time. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. I guess I'm wondering if I yeah. need to pay the five dollars for uh, four mini mini stories of Carnage. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this does seem a lot like the uh, the Ranger chasing him in the Old West. Yeah, from the last issue, it seems very similar to that. I liked that story. It's just like it's not different. I guess enough. I don't. 
kind of. I just don't know what what is the point of the story you're trying to tell me here. It's like when Heroes in Crisis ended and you're like, what, what was going on here? Kind of. Like, right? Like, I understand that this was supposed to be a thing that kind of changed as time went on because of editorial, but I guess I'm just wondering, like, at the end of it, does it serve the purpose that you're trying to go for? Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily happening in this. I don't know. Uh, so the next issue is supposed to come out May 5th. Is this an every other week sort of thing? It feels like only it. Been this two was not that long ago. It feels like it not that yeah. long ago to the last time we read the other one. I guess that's a choice to make to say, let's do this every other week because you have all sorts of artists working on it. Yeah. But I still think you would split them up a bit. Yeah. I think in the, uh, the image behind the cover preview, I th- we're, we're seeing like uh, maybe some of the uh, other comics that we're going to see um, in the next two issues because we see issue, two other Spider-Man. Issue one um, was uh, March 24th. Hmm. Then issue four is July 14th. So there's like a two-week gap between two and three and then like over a month between three and four. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll see no if idea. we get it in two weeks. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna pick up the next one. I, I guess I'll see. Who are the I don't know who's on it. No idea. Dan Slot, and that is it. That what? That's it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I like Dan Slot, so maybe I'll pick it. Oh up. no, they got Slot, Pachio, Wong, Smallwood. Mooneyham, Sandville. Uh, sure. <laughs> I don't know. They're all uh, artists, though. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, for issue four, final issue, get uh, Declan Shalvey, Ryan Stegman, and more. Yeah. Stephen Mooney, and more. And more. All right. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, with the, oh, I wanted to make a note that uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Dynamite Comics is trying to jump on this back bandwagon of black, white, and red. Yeah. So they're doing like a uh, Red Sonia, black, white, and red. I'm never picking up a Dynamite anything ever again because of what <laughs> they did with Comics Gate. I'm just like telling you that right now. That's fine. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Sure. I don't think I've ever read a Dynamite kind of comic cash anyway. In on this. Um, um, after I really, I was just gonna say that I've really enjoyed the Mark Russell stuff that I've read from Dynamite, and I know that um, he's refused to work for them now. Yep, he refuses yeah. to, and so does um, Gail Simone after this. Yeah. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, DC's been doing their own color palette issues. So they had Superman, mm-hmm. red, white, and blue. We've got Wonder Woman, black and gold. Mm-hmm. I'm black and white. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to continue doing the black, white, and blood. Uh, but I don't know who else they might do after this. I mean, who's had, you know, a lot of incarnation, in- incarnations. Um, yeah. Blade. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I can imagine. I mean, have they already done, um, like a Spider-Man red and blue? They did a Spider-Man Blue by Jeff Loeb. 
years ago. And then yeah, after that, that was, was really uh, good. <laughs> after that, I remember that specifically because shortly after that, they did Captain America White right when <laughs> Sam Wilson yeah. started taking over as Captain America. And it was just a poorly timed name choice. It's just really funny. <laughs> they could do a Mystique, Black, White, and Blue. Yeah. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they also did Daredevil Yellow, which was very oh, good as well. Yeah, they could do a Daredevil, Black, White, and Blood. Yeah. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. Um, uh, I'll put my money on Daredevil. He's he's a lot of red. And yes, he sells. Um, shall we move on to uh, the next one? Yeah, go yeah, for well, it. Next was supposed to be Nightwing, but why didn't you read it? I straight up just did not get it in my box. I'm not subscribed to it. Like that's just the dead honest truth. Uh, and I've been reading it online, on my uh, digital reader, um, and I just didn't buy it yet. That's just the honest truth. I'm just a piece of shit. It was. It was so good. Was it? It was so good. Um, I need to do after reading the will, Dick and Barbara go out for a walk to try and like clear their heads because now Dick is a billionaire. Mm. Um, and they get obviously they get approached by some homeless people asking for change, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Sorry, we don't like have any cash on us." And then the guy's walking away, and Dick was like, "Wait a minute, I'm rich. Like, I'll, I'll buy you however much food you want. Like, come with me." <laughs> so he like rents out an entire pizza restaurant and just like tells them to like invite as many people as they know, like homeless people. And what was your problem with the pizza? The way they hold it is disgusting. The artist has never seen a person eat a slice of pizza in their life. I'm going to send you guys is pictures. It, are are they doing it like this? Or they're just... Yeah. Give me uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm Googling it and I'm trying to see if that's something that other people are they're seeing, just, but I'm not seeing it. Yeah, Full I've, on, like, paw I've seen it a lot on Reddit. Go, oh. I don't know. I'll just send a picture to the chat. What the fuck? Uh, maybe he just took two pieces and just like slapped them together, and made a pizza sandwich. Nobody eats a pizza like that. He's holding it like a fucking sandwich. Dude, that's weird. And it's got that whole dotting thing like the old comics. Why yeah, is he doing this? So <laughs> this has to be a joke. I don't know, but it's enough to stop this being my pick of the week. <laughs> as petty as that seems. Wait, he just ate the cheese off the top. Yeah, why? Or they is have he... like who has like the pe- maybe they got like a piece of paper holding the pizza, but it's straight shaped like the pizza. I've maybe never... but, but it doesn't explain them holding it like that. I've never seen anything that looks like a device that allows you to eat a pizza like that. Why is there yeah. an extra it looks like that he's just it looks like, like how <laughs> it looks like how Ted Cruz consumed pizza. <laughs> <laughs> actual yes, person human. Ted Cruz the, the human way of eating pizza. pizza yeah no I completely hear you but there, there yeah, is a funny scene sense. where Dick and Barbara goes to, like it starts them going to the pizza shop and then they go sit on the bench and approach by homeless people and the first time they go to the pizza shop um, Dick's like hi two slices please and Barbara's like wait seriously and he's like oh right I'm a billionaire aren't I four slices please <laughs> It's way honestly, to go, Harry Potter. 
it's like there's so much heart in this issue and like the writing is so good the art is perfect like the opening outside of the pizza outside of the pizza which is disgusting and yeah so uh dick babs one out dick fire is no more uh they haven't like cooked up romantically at the minute they're just like she's come to check how he's doing just check out those billionaires oh also um some homeless kids steal his wallet and dick's like oh shit and he's like never tell batman about this and barbara's like too late it's already in the group chat (laughs) (laughs) it's officially a bat family group chat and also this line like the sound effects keep going like ding 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 and um barbara's like you might want to put that on silent Cass has no self-control when it comes to emojis Oh, okay, so that's the shit poster. Yeah, and like she she doesn't talk, I and mean, then like yeah, she's apparently a shit poster of emojis. <laughs> funny, that's fitting. That's really fitting, actually. I like that. Tom Taylor understands these characters so well. He really does, and like this just makes me more excited for a Superman now because it's so perfect. Yeah. You know what I just realized? We didn't talk about this in the news episode. Um, Tom Taylor is going to be bringing back uh, another story with a Wolverine type character, possibly X twenty three. Oh yeah, we have. We don't know what it is. He just posted page one and like the sound effect of the claws. And he's oh, like, feels, wasn't there feels... supposed... was there something for Dakin? Um, I think that was Rucka. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, this um, book is so good. Well, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to read it. Like, I can promise you that. This is one of those that I'm reading digitally, like Thor. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in, I've enjoyed what I've read. So, you don't think the entire uh, issue has been spoiled because of, you know, he's basically told Ooh. us everything about the pizza and what oh, more yeah, is there so to much, the episode, yeah. to the issue? <laughs> no, I'm not the sure. The whole summary of the issue is about pizza. Like, I was reading it and I saw this and I was like, like, what? And then, like, I was like, someone else must have spoken about this. I went on Reddit, and like, just so many comments were like, "What the fuck is with this pizza?" <laughs> I was like, "At least it's not just me being weird." Like, I was like, "Am I eating pizza wrong?" No, 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 no. It's just the artist who's wrong. This has been a fully baked pizza. It's hard from top to bottom. It's a cracker. Uh, Chicago deep shit. Yeah, right. Like fucking. Mm, I don't know, dude. I would eat it. I, you know. Getting Chicago deep dish and having it, you know, pulling it out of the refrigerator. I'll eat that like a slice of pie. I mean, yeah, me too. But at the same time, this is <laughs> a freshly made pizza. I literally just ordered a giant Chicago style deep dish pizza and ate it on the docks and fucking tried to eat it like a goddamn animal. Instead, I just looked like a homeless man just start, like digging through like filth. <laughs> <laughs> just pulling pizza out of a bag. A little plastic bag. They're just like shoveling it into my fucking mouth. Crumbs everywhere. Eating it like a fucking chipmunk. Just aggressive. All right. Um, shall we move on to Justice League 60? I suppose so. You're, you're a hater. I liked this issue. Okay, let's skip to the I have page and we'll do the little recreation for Josh. All right. Okay, give me a second. Connecting, Justice League. Come on, Daddy. Um, and there it is. Fuck you, advertisements. All right. You play Superman and Black Canary, and I will play Green Arrow. 
You're just a hater. That's the problem. Josh, tell me if this is good writing. You ready? Okay. All right. Hang on. What page do you want me to go on? Um, it's like around page 10 or whatever. It's when they're like, page. people don't change. Okay. So I'm on the panel where he says to him, you are very funny, Oliver. Yeah. So end of the third panel where he's like, people don't change. And then it goes on to the weird I have bit. Okay. I'm going to start with Superman saying you are very funny, Oliver. Okay. Oh no, we're not doing the whole page. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say people don't change when you do that. Oh, that's not true. Okay. Okay. People don't change. Oh, that's not true. I have. You have. I have not. Sure, you have. You actually have. Then Black Canary says, and then I, I have. I have in a good way, mostly. I have since you and I. F- <laughs> uh, it's since like, you and I first met, absolutely. It's like. You're the not word, reading the it. The word it? have is said two, four, six, seven times in three panels. Here's the problem, is that when you're reading this, you're not reading this like a conversation. You're reading it like it's a book. Like you have to think of it like a conversation. Ask yourself, if I have a conversation with you, we interrupt each other. Like that's what humans do. Like in this case, it's people don't change. Oh, that's not true. I have. You have. I have not. Sure you have. You actually have. I have? In a good way, mostly. Since you and I first met? Okay. Now on to my second problem with the book. Okay, fine. Um, they don't really address Hippolyta showing up. You just turn the page, she's there, and then Superman's like, Hippolyta. Yeah, and... it is very strange that she just kind of comes out of nowhere. There's also something that you missed that I actually have a criticism about. Um, Batman is talking to Naomi as if this is like the first time they've talked about her powers, but it's not. In action comics, they will go yeah. to the Hall of Justice and they have this whole thing. Now, I don't know if that's a creative choice to just allow the audience the opportunity to catch up on that because they're not picking up action comics. Strange choice, though, because I feel like the audience isn't necessarily inherently stupid. The whole you know, issue feel- was just telling us... It was 50% recap of Naomi... And then fifty percent telling us Black Adam's a good guy now, I without without any sort of evidence. It's like, oh, you can trust him now. You have my Superman guarantee. There's something going on in the- <laughs> that's literally I- what it's like, Josh. It, yeah. it really is. That's I'm not going to deny that. But the is problem this- is that there actually is more going on to it. It's I mean, people are unhappy with the fact that. Superman wants Black Adam to be on the team. And there's people on the team who are like, why the fuck would you want this? Hippolyta is pissed off about him being on the team. Um, Black Adam doesn't even, hasn't even confirmed being on the team. There was just this mutual feeling that Brutus, this enemy from Naomi's world, is coming to, the, coming to try to like scope out the land so that way they could take over. Um, here's the thing that is good about this. When it comes to building character tension that makes sense, that makes that works with Black Adam wanting to be on the team. I still have an issue with it. I don't really think it makes a whole lot of sense. I get the argument that there are characters who have been bad guys before that come onto the team. Hawkeye is a great example. Um, this is a different lineup than I'm used to, and I'm not opposed like, to it. I'm fine with Black Adam being brought into the team, but it it's just bad writing when they're like, why should he be on the team? Oh, because he's a good guy now. But why? Because he's he's changed. He's because a good I've guy now. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no there's no evidence or reason there. 
We should yeah. do some YouTube videos where we just recreate these scenes. <laughs> we, we just um, do like comic story and but really, okay. really bad. <laughs> where we rewrite it just to be like overly like you and I disagree on Bendis, but I actually do agree with you on the sense in the sense that there's story building that wasn't done when it comes to introducing like what about Black Adam has changed? I haven't seen anything else that he's done that's made me go, okay, yeah, he's changed. Um, yeah, like, there's been one issue and then the issue prior to this and now the conversation. And I get that they're probably rushing because of the Black Adam film. That, that would make sense to me. That's still like two but, years off. Yeah. I know, yeah. I. But like, it's, it's not the story I have a problem with, it's just the individual writing. Like, you can bring Black Adam onto the team. Like, he has never really been a bad guy like he's always been overly defensive of Khan Dark he's never really been out for world domination or anything well no like, but he, what happened he is, in World War 3 was fucking brutal I've never read it so it's fucking brutal Like, there's been multiple you, times where he rips people in half yeah he so. is overly dramatic but it's like when you bring him on and the only reason he's joining the team is because Superman's just telling us he's a good guy now there's no build-up behind it. Yeah. And it's just really weird. I, However, I do like Green Arrow being back on the team. I That's do too. I like this the layout. Sort of I like compliment I have to say about this. Although Green, it, it yeah. is weird this follows on from Ben Percy's run where he was literally offered a seat at the table and turned it down. Yeah. DC's having another one of those issues with um, communication. Bendis yep. sometimes just does things on his somebody own. Did. They should have somebody to keep all of these stories together straight like, so that there aren't any... Team. Yeah, someone to like go through it and like edit the stories to make sure they make sense. Yeah. What, what, what would you call a... that? Hmm, no, you don't know. I guess we'll um, never know. I made the decision a while back that I'm not going to just pick up Bendis books for the sake of Bendis anymore, but... I'm enjoying this one, and right now this is the only thing he's really writing. Thank God for that. Which is weird, because this is the first time I've ever seen Bendis write one book a month. Taking it's still it one too many. Thank you. I'm interested uh, to see how cover's going to go. Was this the first appearance of... Uh, I, I thought it was like Hippolyta, but Hippolyta, whoever you guys are saying it, works too it's as Hippolyta. well. That's how they say it in the movie, too. Hippolyta. Uh, was this her first appearance since uh, yeah. Infinite Frontier Zero? Yeah. Yes. And she, she leaves she the island and then ends she up. She literally shows up. You turn the page and she's just like in the crater in Central City. Okay. And... Yeah. Let's just ignore the fact, Sean, that they literally point out why that happened. Explain oh, yeah. I'm how sorry. Brutus. Themyscira, eight minutes ago. Uh, they fight. She goes through a wormhole with him and she's left standing in the crater. And the Just League show up immediately, and they're like, oh, Hippolyta, she's got no internal damage. And they, the conversation is terrible. It's not. We're getting close. Okay. Your words are lies. <laughs> All right. The conversation is not terrible. Okay, let's move on to Justice League Dark. What do you think of this? You're just a hater. There were two Justice League issues this week. It's just the, the like, second story. The, the little backup, yeah. Okay. 
I thought Justice League Dark was getting their own standalone comic. They had their own standalone. This is the backup in the uh, Justice League issue. I know, but I thought they were getting their own standalone again. No, unfortunately not, because I would pick it up. Um, I liked this in concepts. I didn't like this uh, very much in execution. Interesting. I really liked it. That's because you have bad taste. Excuse me? You didn't read Nightwing. Uh, excuse me, you taste. think that basic any conversation from a human being in, wh- that you find in a Kyle Higgins comic apparently is like terrible and ruins the entire basis of the comic book. That's right. You're just that blind. Talking about Radiant oh. Black? You're blinded by your Bendis love. Let's move I'm on. I'm not even What's that next? in love with it. Let's move on. What's next? Okay, we're done. No, 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 Shout no. out. I'm actually... No, 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 no. I actually... No, no, no. This is Shout what makes podcasts... of the week. This is what makes podcasts interesting. I read interesting. Flash 769 by Jeremy Adams and Clayson Henry. It Here's my still feels, it still no, feels very We're going nine. back. No, no. No, no. We're going I'm back sorry, to I'm it. sorry, Josh. I'm trying to wrap up for you. I know. I, hey, I'm going back to it. <laughs> Ram V Josh writing Etrigan. That's fine. We'll finish up here in a second. Etrigan being written by Ram V is just not good. There, he doesn't rhyme. It. He doesn't rhyme. Oh, Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. He's rhyming, but it's very weak rhyming. It's not. Yeah. There's not a pace to it. There's the very loose kind of. And I mean, I've seen worse. I've seen Etrigan written. Worse. I think. I think this happened in Just Leave Dark where something happened and he stopped rhyming. I can't remember, though. No, there was an incident where Etrigan had like. An argument about like somebody said something. Constantine hates it when he rhymes and like call. No, but in but... in the Tynan series, I feel like there was one part where Jason Blood and Etrigan got ripped apart, and then when Etrigan returned, he didn't rhyme. Hmm. I don't know. Something's broken in the Matrix. Yeah, I'll, I'll I just, go back and see if I, I can find. It. it might be bad writing, but I'll go back and have a look. I'm frustrated with it because I like what's going on with Merlin and I like the Ragman. I, I like what's happening with that. I also yeah. like the idea of Zatanna leading the team. I don't like this weird feeling of Batman being overly protective father to Zatanna, to Zatanna though. I don't know what's going on with that. They, in Tynan's Detective Comics run, they kind of had a little bit of like a brother-sister thing in part of it. I remember hearing about that, but it just seems really out of character for him in this instance. I I feel like he's being more of a father to Zatanna talking to yeah, than any of the other characters that he's ever been a father to. Like, just Probably. because of that. I don't know. But I guess because he, as well he doesn't understand magic, he is extra wary. I don't fucking know. I don't know. It's a valid complaint. He had a bad experience once or twice or 20 times. He had a bad trip. Yeah, yeah. that's my criticism of it. I mean, other than that, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it a lot more. I, I really like what's going on with Merlin, and I really enjoyed the joke that was made about Green Arrow's Merlin. Yeah. That was funny. What did you just pop? No, I'm just tapping on something. My bad. You're just like smacking the microphone over here. Okay, fine. We'll wrap up. Jesus, sorry. All right, go ahead. Shout, shout outs of the week. I also read Flash 769 by Jeremy Adams and Clayton Henry. Um, it's still very 90s and very fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Wally is in a few, he's like jumping around different bodies and now he's in like Bart Allen's in the future trying to like fix leaks in the Speed Force. 
So he fixed it and then he got like blasted uh, off elsewhere in the Speed Force and he ended up in Jay Garrick's body in World War II and like standing in front of Jay Garrick is Hitler with the Spear of Destiny. Oh man, oh. there's speed just leaking everywhere. It's so 90s, but it's so much fun. Like it's a really entertaining book. Okay. Cool. What else did well, you read? You got a shout out, Josh? Uh, Yeah, I got Post Americana issue five of seven they're in disney oh, world one, by the way nice they're in disney world but it's wonder studios they make a point of showing the outside of the ruins and uh saying that they're at burbank there's a burbank boulevard sign right outside of wonder studios cool. so they're like this, this is our version of disney disneyland cool yeah. Uh, Don't spoil too and, much because I actually am going to read this with you now because I picked up the number one. All right. Um, this is an okay issue. It's more of a transitional issue. Okay. Uh, basically, meet you know kind of, well, kind of our big bad, one of the big bads, and uh, it's basically setting up for basically what's going to be the final battle. Uh, we've got two more issues to go. Uh, I think this is very much in line with what uh, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Steve Skrokey did uh, for We Stand on Guard where some of the action is probably going to take place away from where the focus of the story is. And then we might shift back okay. to that at some point. Okay. We'll see. There's two issues left. The uh, solicitation for issue seven says it's seven of seven. So I think they're sticking to that. <laughs> Instead of uh, just throwing on extra issues here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it started out as supposed to be a six issue series, but yeah, uh, at some point it changed to a seven issue series. That happens with every Scott Snyder limited run. It always turns from a six issue into a seven and then to a nine. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I think Steve Scrokey is pretty great. Okay. Um, cool. I also read The Many Deaths of Layla Star number one by Rambi. Uh, so there's three different stories happening in this. One is a woman on the way to hospital to give birth. And one is some girl at a party who just jumps out a window and kills herself. Um, she's Layla and Star. They're, they're That's all one Layla of many Star. Deaths. The one who jumps out the window is Layla Star. And then the main story is the god of death basically gets fired because she's told like, oh, a baby's just been born that's going to invent immortality. So yeah, like you can pack up your shit, you're done here. I mean, people are going to die before that baby, you know, creates immortality. Yeah, <laughs> I did think that. It's a bit of a plot hole, but I'll just hand wave it away. <laughs> um, is this worth getting? It was really, really good. Yeah, um, I didn't see it at my shop, so I missed it. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. And like, so Death gets fired and she's like, oh, I'm going to go kill this fucking baby. <laughs> so she, um, so she like used her like contacts in heaven or like the, wherever it is to like get sent to earth near where the baby was born. So she mm -hmm. gets put in Layla Star's dead body. Oh. And she wants to kill the baby. 
Okay. It's I really enjoyed it though. Really, really good. Who who's the team on that? Uh Ramvi and Felipe Andrade. Okay. I feel like I've heard that name before. Who's it published by? Boom. 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 Okay. Cool. Um, maybe I'll pick that up. Should we talk about the books coming out next week? Yeah, so a few yeah. exciting things next week. We've got crossover number six, which is the Hell one yeah. Donny Cates was going to sell out. Yeah. We'll <laughs> uh, see so, why. Yeah. Here's hoping for Superman. Uh, Department of Truth number eight. Uh, Shadecraft number two, which I I probably still check out. Josh, if you're still checking out, yeah, I'll probably get that issue. Okay, uh, we've got Berserker number two, uh, Robin number one, Action Comics ten thirty, and Detective Comics ten thirty five. So Ooh. not not a big week next week, but are you not, not getting uh, Helm Grey Castle number one? I didn't realize that was out. I might do. Um, which one was that? So it's uh, image. It's a five E compatible. I don't know what that is. What's five E? D and D. Dungeons oh. and Dragons. Yes, fifth edition. Nice. nice. Yes. And hopefully, cross your fingers, cross your toes, turn your underwear inside <laughs> out, or whatever. Uh, we're going to be getting uh, Outcast issue 48, the finale. We'll God, see if uh, that's not going. We'll that see if exist. Tyler's letter made the cut. If you ever sent that in, I never did. Ah, oh, you bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> I had three months to do it, apparently, and I, I didn't Many think I months. had three months. Many moons. Issue 47 came out in October. Dude, that's insane. It's been like five or six, been six months. Six months. Yeah. And it's only 30 pages. What? I thought it was supposed to be a double-sized issue. Um, League of Comics is saying 32. Yeah. So it's what's the point it's packed. Anymore? I don't know. It might have changed to be oversized. Who even cares? Yeah, who is not coming, so who cares? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I might check out Home Grey Skull, Grey Castle. Yeah. And uh, oh, I showed you guys that. Um, that hell was the name of that place? Bad Ideas Studios, new studio, ish, yeah. new ish studio. Just started releasing comics right. back in March. Got five different comics, star-studded uh, writers and artists. I'm going to try and get my hands on some of these comics. Hmm. They go straight through uh, the retailers, straight through the comic shops. They're not on Diamond. So you got to make sure your uh, comic book shop can uh, get a deal with these guys. You got a Matt Kent book. Uh, Was it two Matt Kent books? Yeah, two Matt Kent books. Uh, There was a Robert Venditti one on there as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And then another one by uh, Marguerite Bennett. Who is uh, co-writing the Amelia Clark book. Yeah. So you so asked what else she's four, done. She's done that. Yeah. 
So there's four comics. Uh, there's five, but one of them's a uh, Santa that's gone crazy, like that Weird Al song. So I'm really just counting the four. Uh, but you got Matt Hollingsworth doing the colors on one of the Matt Kent books. Hmm. Okay. So I'm definitely going to try and get my hands on some of these. Go for it. I will see about what I can try to get to. Yeah. Um, cool. Mike Mignola came out with a book uh, this week that I completely slept on, but I didn't even know to like. Kojakaru the Skinner. Didn't even know that it was a thing. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, did you pick it up and enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I wasn't going to mention that stuff. Uh, this okay. is a tie. This is a Tales from the Outerverse comic. Uh, so it ties in with Baltimore and Lady Baltimore. Uh, okay. So Baltimore was like a 30 or 40 issue series that ran from 2016 to about 2019 ish. Mm. And uh, Lady Bolt, so that all focused uh, around the occult uh, okay. during World War One, And now we're leading up to World War Two, And we're focusing on his wife, Lady Baltimore. Okay. And it looks like that just started up. So this is Lady Baltimore issue two that also came out this week. And it seems okay. like each month we'll get one issue of Lady Baltimore along with one issue of something else that ties in. Cool, cool. So each of the characters is basically getting their own kind of short uh, set of issues. This is a one of two. There's another character that's getting a one of one in June. I Yeah, June, because issue two of this Kojet, Kojikaru, the Skinner, is going to come out in May. Okay. Uh, but it's Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden working together on this. Cool. Um, I think uh, that's all I have to say about everything going on right now. I'm going to let you go be a dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess we can just start wrapping up. That's our show. That's Cult of Comics Podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you like us, give us a like, give us a share, give us a dollar, give us a holler. Uh, you can find us on patreon.com slash cult of comics podcast, where we have a couple different tiers uh, with benefits for the tiers. You can check us out on YouTube, subscribe, like, share, follow, do it all the stuff. Give us a comment even. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, all the podcast locations, thanks to Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm slash Cult of Comics is also where you can find us for our RSS fee. And you can also give us monthly contributions if you enjoy the show. Um, once we start getting some of the people that come into the actual Discord for the uh, first tier, um, we're going to start announcing it on the show, talking about some of the things they've mentioned, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so feel free to check that out. Um, Thank you. Uh, you can find Sean. Where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at SeanWalsh747. You can find me on TikTok right now because I'm still banned on uh, Twitter. You can find me at Tyler Brown is here. And Cornhusker1, where can they find you? Out husking my corn. <laughs> all day, all night. I thought that was illegal ever since the war. Not the way I do it. <laughs> I hate you. All right. Uh, that's our show. All hail. Thank you very much for checking us out. Stay safe out there and go to hell. Fuck off. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>